Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, sweet God. Announcement time. Good morning, everyone. Can y'all hear me? Good morning. Oh. Can y'all hear me? Oh, there it goes. I'm excited that I can see, like, over the podium finally. <laughs> like, it's good. Um, so we do have a few announcements. Um, I just want to tell everybody good morning. And first of all, I want to just... Um, all the new faces that are here, we're just so happy that you can do service with us today um, and uh, just enjoy the service. And if you're here for a dedication, we're just so happy that you're here to um, be able to enjoy that with your family. So we just thank you for that. Um, so there's a few things we want to kind of go over. Um, one of the things we're going to go over is in September... We are um, going to start an accessory prayer, um, which will be 30 minutes before service every Sunday for a time of prayer where you can come and get prayer for anything, or you can also be a part of the team um, and offer prayers to others. If you're interested helping out, please get a hold of Pastor Furman so um, he can get your name down and give you more details. And so if there's something that you're struggling with or you just want to come and help and come pray and you feel called, we definitely want you to be a part of the team. Um, and so, um, also we are having, we have women's group every Thursday. Um, there is a, uh, I believe there is something on the counters over there that we have, I think probably when you're walking out, um, that if you're interested in being part of our women's group, it, it, it is amazing. Um, it's amazing to be surrounded by such an amazing women and people that are going to pray for you and we do life together and so if you're looking for some um something and you're a woman and you've just been struggling like we want to be here and grow with you and just um just be part of your life so it's something that's very very beneficial um especially as a community so we'd love to have you um and then also today is potluck sunday whoop whoop food we're excited. I know I'm excited. Chalupas is on the menu. Beans and rice. So if y'all are interested, we'd like for you to join us um, after service. We'll have it in the dining hall. Sorry, I didn't mean to spit. Um, we'd like for you to enjoy, uh, join us if you'd like to. So that's all I have for the announcements. The kids will stay in service today since we're doing dedications. So it won't be hopefully too long. I know kids get antsy. So um, I guess we're going to get started. Pastor Furman, where are you at? Good morning. I am Pastor Furman. You're like, no, nah, that's not the pastor. Now he is. <laughs> he is. I'm excited for today, man. It's the day of celebration. Um, 
Like she said, we, you know, we're having a potluck afterwards. It's something that we do every month. We try to celebrate what God is doing, not only in birthdays and anniversaries, but just period, right? God is always working and moving in our lives, and we want to celebrate that. Because um, I think we all enjoy a good time, right? I don't know if it's part of our nature, but it's something that we all want to be a part of. But you know something that can ruin a good time? When you lose something. You ever gone to a party and you lost something? You get home and you realize that, man, I forgot. I left my dish over there. I left this. It could be frustrating, right? But today we're going to read a story of some frustrations and, and somebody that went to a party. They went to a celebration, but they lost something. Um, they lost a kid. So hopefully nobody loses any kids today, okay? <laughs> but what if I told you sometimes what you lose could actually be a blessing in disguise? That there are some things in our life that we actually need to lose. Not necessarily our children, but we'll talk about it more. But if you'll join me, let's pray before we get started. Father, we just thank you for your word and just how it allows us to see things that sometimes we miss. And so this morning, as we gather in your name, Lord, I do pray that we just put ourselves in a position to receive from you, that you would speak to us with great clarity, uh, man, that our, our, our ears wouldn't miss what you're saying to us, Father, that our hearts would capture it and hold on to it and write it, that our minds would be renewed through you. And so, Lord, would you just speak to every one of us, especially us parents and even our children, Lord, and may the end of this, Father, we walk out better than we came in. So, Lord, we just thank you for another blessed day and Help us see the blessings of every day and join you in the celebrations. Father, we love you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to be in Luke chapter 2, okay? If you've ever read the New Testament or Luke, this is right after Jesus has been born, okay? But he's not a, a full-grown man yet. He's in the in-between. And I think sometimes we struggle with those kids that are in the in-between, right? Sometimes we were a struggle when we were that age. But I want to start off at verse 41 in Luke chapter 2. It said, every year Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. And when Jesus was 12 years old, they attended the festival as usual. After the celebration was over, they started home to Nazareth. But Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents didn't miss him at first because they assumed he was among the other travelers. But when he didn't show up that evening... They started looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they couldn't find him, they went back to Jerusalem to search for them. Three days later, they finally discovered him in the temple, sitting among the religious teachers, listening to them and asking questions. All who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers, and his parents didn't know what to think. Son, his mother said to him, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been frantic, searching for you everywhere. But why do you need to search? He asked. Didn't you know I must be in my father's house? But they didn't realize what he meant. And then he returned to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. And his mother stored all these things in her heart. It says Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and all people. Hmm. I don't know about y'all, but usually when I lose something, it usually doesn't end well, right? Have you ever happened with you? Usually when I lose something, I birth me having to fix the problems or the mistakes that I made. But before we jump into the thing that they lost, I want to reflect on what it started off saying. I don't know if you caught it. But it said every year, Jesus and his parents would go and attend this festival. 
You see, there was a custom, a requirement in the laws of Moses. These are instructions that God gave to Moses to give to the people that they would attend these festivals every year. There was three of them that were real important, and this Passover one was the most important. The Passover festival was very simply them remembering God freeing them from Egypt when they were slaves and all the miracles that God had done. He said, hey, I want you all to celebrate this every year and do this in remembrance of the things that I've done in your life. And so they did this. He said every year they went. And then if you caught the next line, it said that Jesus went as he usually did. See, the reason I bring this about is because it shows how they were displaying their faith and obedience to God and how that relationship made it a part of their life. It became normal for them. It became something that they were used to doing. You ever had that, right, with your family, those traditions that you usually do? You wake up in the morning, you're getting dressed. They don't even have to tell you that you're going to the flea market. You already know. It's Saturday. This is what our family does. We going. Or you wake up, right, and you know that you're going to go have donuts or you do something, right? We all have these things in our life that we pattern, that we do common, that become a part of our life. But did you know that obedience can actually become a part of your life? Obedience can. I think that's something we struggle with because what do we do? We're our hearted critics, right? When we make mistakes, we beat ourselves up about it. We say, man, I'm, I'm just never going to get this right. I, I don't come from a family that overcomes these things. We have all these negative things that we tell ourselves that we fight with. But God says opposite. He says it's possible. He says it can happen. And his word, he tells us this. He says anything is possible through Christ. All things that's hard for us to, to, to believe, right? We're used to looking at things and saying, well, that's impossible. I can never do that. That isn't for me. That isn't for my family. But church, it is. But the thing that you need to access it is obedience. That means you're going to have to put in some effort that is going to be required of it. I don't know if you've ever seen, like, somebody that you really look up to and you're like, man, they were just born to do that. Like, they are probably the best in the world at doing that. And just an example is like a basketball player, right? A lot of people know about Michael Jordan. But did you know that when he started off his career, he was cut from his high school team twice? The coach said, hey, don't come around here with that, man. He went home, and his dad had a tough conversation. He said, look, if you really want to do this, you got to put more effort than what you're doing. you got to be disciplined. you got to be obedient. But if you really put the work in, you could achieve great things. Nowadays, we see him as one of the greatest basketball players to play, but it didn't start off that way. And the same is true for a lot of people. I mean, you pick the profession and somebody that is, man, just recognized as being the best, it didn't start off that way. It started off them realizing that they had to do some obedience. They had to take some steps to grow and work on those things. You see, when you're obedient to God, you can witness them use you deliver you, heal you, do all those things that the world tells you are impossible. He'll make them possible. So church, we have to lose that mindset that I can't, that it will never happen, that it can't be me. It's not for my family. We have to lose that and allow God to help us walk in obedience to go past it. Because God designed you for more than what you could even dream of. But it's going to take obedience to access it. I really thought I was going to be a rapper. I say that all the time. I thought that's what I was going to be doing. I probably looked the part, right? 
God said, son, I got something better than that. I got something way better than that. And the same is true for you. He's got something better than you could ask, than you could dream for yourself. But it takes obedience to achieve it. Man. So Jesus learned how to be obedient from his parents of attending this festival every year. And then what do we read? That they lost him, right? Man. See, you can be obedient and still get things wrong, right? You can still mess it up. I could be a pastor and my wife will let you know. I get things wrong a lot. My kids will let you know this, and even some of our church will let you know. But I think there's different levels to things that you could lose in your life. So let's say you lose a pen. That's not a big deal. You got a plate of food. You lose some food on the floor. You might have that saying like we do in my home. A little dirt don't hurt. I don't know. There's different levels to things that you lose. You lose a remote. You're like, man, I'm looking for it, but. Uh, I could do it on my phone. It's all right. I could go to the TV. You lose your phone, might be some problems. But to lose a child, I don't know. That's a tough one. If you ever see me out in public with my family, one thing that you'll see me is doing this. And I'm not pointing fingers at nobody. I'm trying to keep track of my children, okay? I don't want to lose my children. Because I know if I came home with that one, well, I might as well pick a casket out, okay? might not go well for me. There's different levels to things that we could lose. From the outside, it's easy to view what somebody lost and say, man, how dumb are they? How are they going to leave their kids back there like that? But church, you got to understand the context and the time of what was going on. You see, in those times, in the Jesus times, when they would travel like that, they would travel in separate groups. You would have one group that's in the front that's with the women and the children. And the second group was the men. And the reason that they travel like this is for protection. A lot of times they would run into some shady people, and so they did this to watch over and make it there safely. So as Mexicans, we probably know this a lot, right? We travel in groups. Everybody piles into the car. It's not just one family, one person. It's usually multiples. But Jesus at this age was 12. So he was in the in-between, okay? So... In that age, when you were 12 and you were a male, you could be considered an adult. So he could have been with the women and children. He could have been with the men. And so what did his parents do? I'm sure Mary was like, he's probably with Joseph. I ain't worried about it. Joseph thinking the same thing. He's probably with Mary. Then they got home and realized he wasn't with either of them. Man, church, that's a lesson right there for us. I want to say this to you. Assumptions don't equal confirmations, okay? Assumptions, guessing at something, just thinking, oh, you know what, that's going to work itself out. It doesn't always mean it will. In fact, when we are living this way, when we uh, set ourselves up for this, what ends up happening is we could be on the losing end of an important decision. We could be on the losing end of losing something of value with no guarantee that it was ever going to return. God doesn't want you to be on the losing end of anything. But we have to come to that realization like, hey, I can't just be walking in with assumptions sometimes. There's going to be some things required of me. Because God wants to make your life easier than what we like to do. We always like to make things so hard. We always make things way more than what it should be. Because what do we do? Instead of doing the work that's required, and instead of Mary going and saying, you know what, let me talk to Joseph. Joseph's saying, let me go talk to Mary. They said, ah, it's going to be all right. 
They showed up and he wasn't there. We do the same thing sometimes too. Uh, you know what, I'm, I'll worry about that later. I'm guilty of this. Coming on Sunday morning, sometimes you might see me running around here like, man, Pastor Furman, all right? It's probably because I didn't do some things I was supposed to do during the week to prepare for today. You see, church, there's, there's got to be some work that we put in for all these things. Have you ever asked somebody, hey, man, will you go and help me find this thing? And they're like, are you serious? Like, you really want me to go help you look for something? And then they go help you, and they find it like that. You're like, what in the world? It happens with my kids all the time. They're like, Dad, can you go and help me find the tablet? And I'm like, well, did you look for the tablet? Dad, I looked everywhere. I cannot find this thing. As soon as I get up, I'm like, man, it was right there on the, the counter. Like, did you really look? Sometimes there's got to be some effort that we put in that we got to do. God wants us to trust us, but he doesn't want us to be foolish. There's a word in Proverbs that I think speaks to these assumptions and kind of the way that we act sometimes. And it says this in Proverbs chapter 13, verse 4. It says, lazy people want much but get little. But those who work hard, they will prosper. Lazy people want much but get little. See, when you live being lazy, you open yourself up to those important decisions going wrong, to those things of value being lost and not recovered. And I know we can't control everything, and God is going to call you at times to trust him, right? He's going to ask you to walk in faith. But church, let's make it easier on ourselves. Let's not make it harder. It said for three days they were stressed out looking for Jesus. And that could have been avoided if they simply put a little effort to make sure that he was with them. The progress that you want in these areas in your life, they're going to require you to do something beyond your comfort, okay? It's going to take you to push past some things that you want to just relax and not do. And I'm not saying that you don't need time to rest and recover because we all do. We get so busy in life that any moment that we could see, we could just be lazy or comfort. We cling to it. We're like, let me just stay in this a little longer. But a lot of times our laziness is the reason that we're running around, that we're so busy, that we're so overworked, overwhelmed, overstressed out. Church, let's lose that mindset of laziness, of assumptions. Let's actually do some of the work that is required so it'll make our life a little bit easier. It's like the saying, whenever you are, are working in construction, growing up I did a, a lot of remodeling houses. My dad would tell me, hey, you measure twice so you could cut once. He would tell me that all the time, like, Dad, okay, you're wasting time. I ain't going to hear all that. And there I would go every time having to go back and fix something instead of trying to cut corners. I said, just put the work in. Church, let's put the work in. Let's not be people that avoid the work but embrace it. We say, okay, I know I don't really feel like doing this right now, but I know it's going to make me better. I know it's going to save me time later on down the road. I know I ain't going to have to stress and come back and fix something. Let's put the work in, church. They finally found Jesus, and what did Jesus say? Jesus acted like he wasn't shocked. He's like, y'all left me here. I don't know what y'all doing. <laughs> Verse 49 through 50, after Mary's just pouring out her heart, Jesus said, but why did you need a search, she asked. Didn't you know that I must be in my father's house? But they didn't understand what they meant. Like, Boy, what you talking about? It was their faith and actions that led Jesus to learn the importance of obedience. 
When I was 12 years old, if I would have been lost, the last place you would have found me is at church. I would have been at the temple. But that just shows the character that was developing in Jesus. That just shows how he was taking it seriously and growing in obedience. He was growing and putting in the effort and work that was required. Jesus did something that I believe we all do, is that we go to places that we believe are going to benefit us the best. And there's nothing in this world that's going to benefit you like God, like being in the house of God. It wasn't something he could miss out on. It wasn't something he could skip. A lot of time than it is spending time with God. But at the end of the day, what do we do? We come running back to God. Lord, if you just help me in this. You was going to that practice. You was going to go meet your homies over here. You was going to go do all these other things. And now you want to come to me when you're stressed out, when you're tired. Let's go to him first. Let's make it a must that we be in his house too. But I like what Jesus does right after this because he understood the importance of this. But his response in these next two verses too, though. 51, it says, then he returned to Nazareth with them. And was obedient to them. And his mother stored all these things in her heart. It says Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and all people. Jesus understood he had a unique relationship with God. But he didn't reject his earthly parents. He said, hey, they still my mom and dad. They said it's time to go, then it's time to go. I'm not going to fight them. I'm not going to argue with them. You see, church, we all have a unique relationship with God. And as you grow in your relationship with God, you're going to be blown away by the things God does and he uses you for. But you have to be careful to not allow that to get in the way of the responsibility at your home, with your family, with your loved ones, with your spouse, with your children. Because it's so easy to neglect those things whenever God has given you a word, when he's given you a vision, when he's given you purpose, when he's given you a plan. But what did Jesus say? He said, okay, I'm going to be obedient to them. We got to learn to do the same thing. If Jesus did it, I think it's important, right? We should do it too. It should be more important to us to be obedient and honor our parents and our loved ones and our families. But a lot of times we let so many other things get in the way. We let work. We let our finances we let trying to find joy and comfort in other things when all those blessings could be right there and we're missing out on. Last night we went on a prayer walk and as we're walking and we're looking and I see this beautiful sunset and the whole time we've been walking and praying, my daughters are like taking plants from every house that they see. They're getting all, they got a whole bouquet by the time we get home. <laughs> That's just the truth, right? They're like, Dad, isn't this so beautiful? And in that moment I was like, man, y'all can't be taking everybody's flowers, but... <laughs> God was like, son, slow down, slow down. Church, we be moving so fast. Sometimes God just wants us to slow down. He wants you to look around and say, man, look how good you have it. Look at the beauty of your life. But sometimes we miss it. We miss it completely. You see, it said Jesus grew in stature and wisdom and favor. God wants to grow you in areas of life that you need physically mentally emotionally spiritually but church we got to slow down to receive these things to understand what we're missing when we're messing things up so my challenge for all of us was very simple lose what weighs you down 
Lose what weighs you down. And Rika, I love you, brother, but a little bit of time, brother. You ain't giving me no space, bro. No. You gonna play behind me? Yeah. Nah. We're just gonna do child dedications in a second. Okay, you gonna go ahead. I didn't run through everything with Rika. I didn't slow down. I was running around this morning. I got here, I said, man, I gotta go get some more meat. I gotta go get some chips. Things I should have done earlier. I'm telling you, church, it's real life stuff. Let's lose the things that are slowing down. Let's lose that mindset that I can't, I never will, it's not for me. Let's lose that mindset of, oh, you know what, I just let things be. I'm just going to assume it's going to be okay. I'm going to take a guess. I'm not going to put the work in. Let's lose that laziness. Let's lose the things that are blocking the blessings that God has for you. A lot of times God will give you something and we're like, man, that's amazing. But I'm telling you, church, God has so much more in store for you. A lot of times we barely get a, a, a glimpse of what he has for us. Church, receive what God has for you. There's no telling where he's going to take you. It could be across the world and receiving something else. It could be down the street. Man, God has something good for each one of you. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that, man, you just are so good to us, Lord. We ain't even good to ourselves or our families or our spouse, Lord. You still say you love us, that you would help us work through it and make us better. So, Father, would you just help us identify things in our life that are tripping us up, that are weighing us down, that are getting in the way of our families, of our children, of our spouse, of our loved ones, that are getting in the way of the things that you're trying to do within us. Father, a lot of times we ask for your help and we say, Lord, if you would just take this and you're like, well, just move out the way. Well, give it to me. Father, will we release these things to you this morning? Will we quit holding on to things that are no longer for us? Will we quit trying to bring back things that are already dead? Would you help us, Lord? Father, we just thank you for your word and for your love. And just pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, maybe we're going to celebrate. Anybody ready to celebrate? Yeah. We're going to do some child dedications, and I'm going to call up the families and the kids, and we're going to have some prayer team members pray over them. And, um, it's going to be awesome. You know, in the Word of God, it says this in Proverbs 22, verse 6, and I'm using the Passion Translation, but it says, Dedicate your children to God. Point to them in a way that they should go. And the values they have learned from you will be with them for life. Such a beautiful verse, but I've seen it to be true in my life. When you dedicate your child, when you walk with God, when you put him first, when you teach your children these same things, even when you see them go different paths and different directions, those things are still going to be on their heart. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, when God had freed the Israelites from Egypt and they were going to the promised land that God had them, God told Moses, hey, I want you to tell my people these things. In chapter 6, he told them specifically, he said, hey, I'm giving you these commands, I'm giving you these instructions, I want you to follow them, and I want you to pass them on. I want you to give them to your children. He says, write them on your doorposts. Make notes of them. Put them on your forehead. Do whatever you have to do, but don't forget what I'm telling you, and don't forget to raise your children to them. It says, and if you do these things, you love me wholeheartedly, you search me, 
It will pass on from generation to generation to generation to generation. Church, let's pass on the blessing that God has for us and our families to the next generation and the next generation. I love my kids to death. And one of the beautiful things is they, they have no memory. They have no idea of me, of who I was before they got to know me. That's a beautiful thing because I was a bad kid. I told you I wouldn't be at church at 12. I was doing a lot of other things. But my kids have no idea of these things. They just see their dad. Church, that's the blessing of the Lord. That all the things that have led up in your life, all the curses can stop with you and they'll go along any further. It can end. So take the blessing that God has and pass them on. Right now I want to invite the families. I want to invite uh, Jonathan and Amanda Vela, their daughter Mia. Make some noise for them. Come on, love. Come on. I'll come down here. Now nah, we can stay down. It's cool. That's their daughter, Mia, right there. Yeah. I want to go ahead and invite up. Um, I'm trying to think of the order that I have these things. It's, it's too much in my mind. Gabriel and Alicia Cavazos and their son, Coy, Asher Cavazos. Where's your hat, Gabriel? Disappointed, no. I want to invite up um, Zach and Ashley. Laura, are they here? Where the Laura's at? Oh, there we go. Their baby, Jaira. She's too beautiful. I want to invite up Jaden and Haley Mendez and their daughter, Olivia. There they are. There they are. Can I get a couple of prayer team members to come and join me? Miss Josie, Shauna, Jennifer. We're all going to pray over on church. And y'all scoot on down. Y'all scoot on down a little bit this way. We want to get, get y'all in that good light, okay? If you just pick a family. And hold on a second. We got a little something for y'all. You know, dedicating your child is saying you want to pass down that blessing. And it's also saying, Lord, I take responsibility for mine. I'm going to do the best that I can to raise them up in a way that honors you. Yeah, let me move out the way. And as we pray over each family, each child, we want to invite you to pray with us, pray over them. If you want to stretch out your hands, you're more than welcome to. But, let, man, let's lift them up because this is a beautiful thing, church. And these are some beautiful families and children. It's a blessing. But let's pray over them.
Father, we thank you for the gift of children. We thank you that each one is uniquely made and is the image of you. We pray that the blessings that you've bestowed on each child, each family, will last for generations to come. That they will look back and they say, you know what? I could look back down my line in my family tree, and it's when my family dedicated me that I saw my family changed. So, Father, we thank you that there is power in the name of Jesus, but there's healing, there's deliverance. There's, man, so many beautiful and fruitful things. And the fruit isn't just for us, it's to pass on, Lord. So help us be good fruit bearers and fruit givers. Father, we just thank you for today. And may today be a celebration. May the celebration not stop when we clap here at the end or we go downstairs, but would it continue every day of our life? And would the same be true for each child? Father, we love you and we thank you and pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Make some noise for them. Yeah. Right now, we're going to go to a time of worship as we close. Like they said, at the end of service, we have a potluck downstairs to continue the celebration. We also got a special announcement. We're going to be recognizing a volunteer this month and every month going forward just for appreciation. I can't wait to share whose this month is. But if you're in need of prayer, we want to invite you to come up here and just receive prayer. You'll see a couple of prayer team members, and we would love to pray with you. But let's worship the Lord this morning.